and thank you for joining us on The Business Advantage. I am Alicia Pennington, your host and owner of Advantage Athletic Training. Today, we're continuing our four-part series on developing a business idea by discussing the formal document of a business plan. If you haven't listened to episode number 17 yet, business planning, I would recommend going back to that one as I share my rather honest opinion on the business plan. I think it will give you a better preface for this episode so you're not as overwhelmed listening to it. Despite my opinion on the business plan, the truth is that there is a place and a need for it in the development of a business idea. For that reason, we're going to discuss where to find some templates, some great resources to utilize in developing your plan, and hitting on some of the main components of it. Personally, I really struggled with writing my business plan. I kind of battled the idea that it had to be completely formulated prior to conducting or opening business, especially because I couldn't really get a straight answer as to what it was going to do for me once it was finished. You know, I dedicated about five months to writing the plan. And honestly, I finally just said F it and started doing business because I got so frustrated with it. So, you know, I will go into more detail about what I had come up with for my plan. But the truth is only so much can be researched. And sometimes you just have to like live through the tribulations and figure it out on your own because sitting and writing it is only going to do so much for you. One of the greatest resources you can utilize early on in your entrepreneurial career is the Small Business Association, or SBA.gov. Not only do they have legitimate information, but it comes from the federal government, and almost everything they offer is free and very user-friendly. I personally am so thankful that I found this resource because it really made a difference in my confidence and ability to actually move forward with doing business because um, where I was at in Orange County um, and, and most major cities, they have what's called a SCORE chapter. And this is essentially a nonprofit organization that's made up of volunteers who provide mentorship, they put on free workshops, And they have like a a whole library of information. And so when I got started, the Orange County chapter of SCORE was one of the best in the nation. In fact, it had been named in the top 10 for over 10 years. So I was really fortunate to have that resource at my fingertips. And I honestly would encourage anybody to research and look up their local SCORE chapter um, because it just is invaluable to have essentially um, mentors and uh, people who most of the time have done something for their entire life, like it's an attorney or it's an accountant or um, you know some other kind of working professional from the uh, business area. And they're retired, but they want to continue to give back to the community or they want to do something with their time. And so you can set up free one-on-one sessions with these people and get all of the professional advice in the world. And the only limitation is that it's a 30-minute consultation. So you can set up as many as you want. You can meet with these people on the outside. 
And it really is something that I think more people could take advantage of. A lot of us, when we are approaching a business idea or a, um, you know, the business plan, we get so scared and and we don't realize that uh, really America is built on small businesses. And so there's a lot of opportunities and resources out there for us to succeed. And, um, you know, today I'm really going to focus on the smallbusinessassociation.gov website um, and, the, and the templates and, and the uh, resources that, that they provide. But know that there is a ton of opportunity out there and available if you just look for it. According to the SBA, a business plan is an essential roadmap for business success. This living document generally projects three to five years ahead and outlines the route a company intends to take to grow revenues. On that point, I think it's worth noting the living document aspect of this. A business plan is really not meant to be developed and then just put away and not looked at for years. One, because you've put a lot of time and energy and sweat and probably tears into creating it, but also as the um, definition indicates, this is a roadmap. And oftentimes when you're starting out your business, you're going to find yourself in front of several different forks in the road. And so to be able to refer back to what you intended this business to be, your morals, the, um, you know, the core values, the mission statement, the operations plan, some of the other stuff that we're going to go into today. I think that, you know, just kind of putting it away and letting it collect dust is really a disservice to all the work that you would have done to create this. So with that said, it really should grow and change with the company, which honestly, if you're anything like me, this is easier said than done because with company growth comes less and less time to sit down and focus on the business plan. But that is why, you know, it can't be written in stone. You can do it in stages. You can continue to just piecemeal it out. Once you've gotten kind of the the core of it written, when your company grows and develops, you can go back to specific aspects of it and change, um, you know, what it is that uh, your company needs for the growth. A business plan can be upwards of like 30 plus pages. So in an effort to not completely bore you and to kind of stay focused on the primary aspects of this, I'm going to highlight the main points of the business plan. Please do understand that when, um, you know, what we talk about here is not all inclusive. So if you're looking at actually writing one, seek out the sba.gov resource and look at their templates. They are far more thorough than I'm going to be here. Um, but, you know, we're going to kind of hit the quick and dirty on it and try to give you a really good overview of some areas that you need to look at and consider when you're going to sit down and write your business plan. 
Let's start with the executive summary. This is one of the first pages that is seen in a business plan. However, it is one of the last to be written. You know how in uh, school when they tell you to come up with the title of your paper at the very end, even though it's the first thing that you see? Same concept applies here. It takes writing the entire business plan before you can really craft the executive summary. And really what it will end up being is exactly what the name infers, which is a pretty quick kind of bullet pointed uh, one page, maybe two at the max, kind of summary of everything that is in the business plan. So you can understand how, you know, like I've already said, business plans can be 30 plus pages. So coming up with a summary, even though it's one of the first things that you see, is going to be pretty difficult to do on the front end. So yes, one of the first things you see, but wait until the very end to go ahead and write that. So uh, the next primary, primary area in the business plan is what's called the general company description. And this area includes your company values, the vision and mission statement, business philosophy, and company goals and objectives. We talked about a lot of that in the last podcast, and you're going to hear me say this over and over again, and you'll realize why I put the business planning in front of the business plan, because once you get to this point, you'll really be able to just plug in a lot of what you've already thought of or considered. So again, company values, the vision and mission statement, we talked a lot about that in understanding kind of where you want to take your company and your idea and what you want to do with it. And this is the area that will also detail the industry that you're going to be in, including the kind of growth that that industry is expected to see, changes that industry is expected to see, and then how your idea is poised to take advantage of that. Again, two podcasts ago, we talked about identifying the appropriate industry, making sure that you're differentiating between the target audience versus the industry that you're actually going to be in. All of the research that you did there, um, looking at like the Department of Labor and those kinds of websites uh, is going to benefit you uh, when you get to this point of your business plan. And um, this is also an opportunity for you to show your personal strengths and kind of what you bring to the table. So it's going to ask a little bit about personally who you are, what your resume looks like, what it is that's going to set you apart for this company, um, what kind of strengths and uh, maybe networking or things like that that you have that makes you poised to run this company, um, and also kind of highlight the company's strengths here. So, you know, if you are really well networked in an area or you have established relationships with uh, different people or, you know, anything along those lines is all going to kind of go into this general company description area. Next is the marketing plan. And here, you're going to need to present some market research that you have conducted. This includes what you intend your target market to be, as well as both primary and secondary types of research. 
So according to the website sba.gov, secondary research means using published information such as industry profiles, trade journals, newspapers, magazines, census data, and demographic information. So for example, in athletic training, this would include like NATA, the NATA News, anything on their website, uh, professional publications, maybe um, journals, scholarly, um, scholarly work there, colleagues, basically anything that you can find on the internet. So if you've gone through a master's program, this is essentially the literature search, uh, I'm sorry, the literature review aspect of the uh, research conducting. So that is uh, secondary research. Primary research then is gathering your own data. This is something that we as athletic trainers are fairly familiar with. Again, if you've gone through any master's level or even at the undergraduate level, if your program focused more on the research research aspect of things, um, most athletic trainers are familiar with the setup and conducting of their own research, uh, you know, for whatever it may be. So, um, you know, as the evidence-based practitioners we are, this is something that we're, we're pretty familiar with. Um, so this can include any of the ideas I've already given previously, including kind of floating your idea out there on social media, conducting focus groups, um, also identifying your competitors. That's part of this. Um, so any of that more formal in-person or personally conducted research is all going to go under this primary area. And of course, um, all of this uh information that we're gathering and research that we're conducting is in an effort to prove that our idea is viable. So with that said, it's not necessarily that you're going to extract or eliminate information that doesn't support your hypothesis. It's more that if you do find that information, you look at it, uh, you know, very um, objectively and try to determine what does that mean for the viability of of your idea or your business plan. Um, and then, of course, you're always going to want to try to see uh, and, and find information that does support the the efforts that you're trying to put forth. And the other aspect, obviously, of the marketing plan is, uh, you know, like the four P's that we talked about in our marketing podcast. So product, price, place, and promotional strategy are going to be major components of this marketing aspect. So um, again, you know, thinking about where is this going to be placed at? What are you going to price it at? Go back to that marketing podcast. Listen to that. We really discuss the um, value aspect of this, and uh, that that really is going to play a major key in what your um, pitch is going to look like in your business plan, especially if you're trying to solicit funds or even, you know, recruit personnel to come over to your business. So this marketing aspect is is a pretty uh, primary component of your business plan. So then the next major area is the operations plan. And this focuses kind of on the day-to-day 
operations of the company, including location, equipment, processes, people, and the environment. So this is kind of where you're really going to have to sit down and think through a flow chart of what is going to happen when an order gets placed. Who's going to take the order? How is the order going to be fulfilled? Who's going to ship it? Where does it get shipped to? How are you shipping it? Kind of all of those tiny little nuances um, that we kind of tend to overlook. But this is where... Um, you know, potential investors and stuff are going to want to see that outlined and make sure that you've actually thought through the logistics of how this company is going to run. Also with this is how your product or service is going to be produced. So how are you going to get to the point that customers can actually place an order, um, including the manufacturing of the product, um, how you're going to acquire the people to conduct the service, kind of all that kind of stuff. Uh, as well, part of that is um, location. So where are you going to be producing or manufacturing this product or service from? You'll have to look at things like OSHA standards, workplace environment, insurance, zoning, that kind of stuff. So if you're going to be running it from your house, you kind of eliminate a lot of that stuff. Um, if you're looking at you know, needing to do manufacturing and getting into a factory or workshops or th stuff like that, you're going to have a lot more research that you need to do to figure out the answers to those kinds of questions. Also within this, um, you know, what kind of personnel will be required, uh, you know, skilled or unskilled, um, you know, are you going to need engineers or um, other types of professional or highly skilled practices? Will you need a secretary? Will you need an accountant, a lawyer, um, that kind of stuff? And uh, how many of those people are you going to need? What will you pay them? And um, how will you schedule them? And all of those other kinds of details. So again, this is sort of a daunting area to think about, but I mean, again, if you're going to be asking for someone to give you money or you're going to be pitching this in a way that you're trying to recruit these types of people, they're going to want all of these answers up front. So you're really going to do yourself a favor by trying to legitimately think through this and have the answers to those questions so that when you actually go out and do the recruiting, people aren't going to laugh at you or, or think that this is a joke. So, um, you know, make sure that you're thinking about that um, as well, you know, like the management aspect of it, what will an organizational chart look like, who oversees who and what are the role delineations, developing job descriptions for key employees. So, Again, <laughs> there's a lot to this operations point. Um, if you can start out smaller, if you don't have to bring on employees or engineers or any kind of manufacturing up front, you're really going to save yourself a lot of trouble and headache. Um, you know, if this is kind of a, a one man band running out of your house, then your operations plan really is going to be more of a forecast of growth than what is required to get off the ground. Um, and obviously, 
obviously you're going to need a lot less funding for that. So that's why I was saying uh, a couple episodes ago that I'm really a proponent of trying to do things as minimally as possible up front because as we're going through this, you start to realize what is required of you, uh, kind of the more grandiose that, that your idea becomes. Then we get to the money portion of the business plan. And this is kind of um, really sticky um, and also one of the, um, you know, I think outside of the operations, kind of one of the harder areas to really predict. Um, Again, like I've said, if you're going to be trying to get investors or people to buy into your company, this is going to be a crucial portion of your business plan. You'll do yourself a favor by really trying to do as thorough of research as possible with this um, area of it. So uh, let's kind of dive into it. So first of all, you'll need to know what kind of inventory you're going to need to carry and how much uh, will the cost of that be? So again, if, if we're looking at like a product development, um, you know, let's say it's a, a widget, you know, and, and there's three different primary components of the widget. Well, how many of each of those are you going to need to have in stock to create the widget? And what are each of those components going to cost? And then what will the overall cost of that manufacturing be? As well, who will be the suppliers of how you acquire that inventory? So with those three different components, can you get them all from one supplier, thereby reducing costs? Are you going to have to outsource one of the pieces of the widget and then, you know, there's going to be, you know, a cost to ship it and, and all that kind of stuff? Um, also with that, what kind of credit are you going to give the suppliers or what kind of credit are they going to give you? How quickly are you going to have to pay them? So thinking, uh, you know, a little bit of head, you're probably going to have to have, you know, let's just say 10 widgets already manufactured and ready to ship out by the time you open business because people aren't going to want to wait you know, however long it takes to to get the parts, to put them together, and then to ship it out. So you're going to need some money on the front end of this to acquire the pieces of the widget and to put the widget together. So, you know, will the suppliers allow you a 90-day, um, you know, payment policy or things like that? And it's actually going to require you to call these people and ask these questions to get these answers. Um as well, what will your credit policy be? You know, if um, customers need to pay you, are they going to have to pay up front? Uh, if they have a bulk order, are you going to allow them the purchase order option? Um, are you going to bill them after the fact? Usually in a services industry, you can't uh, bill for services until they're rendered. So that means you're waiting for payment on the back end. And, and then kind of, you know, folding into that, how will you man- how will you manage your accounts receivable? Who will be responsible for collecting on past due monies? What will your policy be for slow paying customers? 
Are you going to institute a uh, a late fee? Um, are you going to go to creditors? If so, you have to identify a creditor that you're going to use. Um, you know who is going to be responsible for making those phone calls and tracking down your money. What's going to happen if nobody's paying and you and you dry up on funds? Um, you know, and and then the same thing with accounts payable. Who will be responsible for? paying your invoices or your payroll. Uh, Sometimes accounts receivable and accounts payable can be the same person, although it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, And then, you know, how do you anticipate coming up with the money to fund this idea? Again, going back to what we talked about in the last episode, the different types of um, funding opportunities that are available um, and what will be the expenses expected for your startup. So not only the manufacturing of your widget, but anything else, the uh, personnel that you plan to hire or the website that you plan to develop or, you know, any of that, there's, there's a cost associated with all of that. Um, You know, and then especially if you expect to borrow money or have people invest, they're going to want to see a projection of profit and loss for definitely the first 12 months, but sometimes for up to four years. So not only are you having to write out what you expect your cost to be. And and sometimes those a little bit more known costs because you can make those phone calls. You can figure out uh, what someone's going to charge you, maybe what discount they would provide you for bulk orders and things like that. You can come up with your own credit policy. And you can actually start to get a pretty good idea of, you know, from ground up what it's going to cost you. But then to try to anticipate what your sales will be uh, is going to be a little bit more difficult. Of course, we want to be cautiously optimistic with that, but that's where um, uh, doing your research and kind of floating your idea out there, speaking to people about what they would be interested in purchasing, how much they would be willing to pay for it, things along those lines, that is going to benefit you when you're doing a 12-month projection of profit and loss, uh, what it's going to continue to cost you to run the business, what you anticipate to be bringing in. Um, And then, you know, if an investor or somebody wants longer than 12 months, you're really going to have to do your research and, and try to get some hard numbers on what you think are reasonable sales for that time period because the last thing you want to do is go in and pitch to people what you anticipate your sales to be and maybe they inject a bunch of money for you to get started and then sales are really slow and you end up in debt because the sales aren't coming in the way that you thought they were and you've borrowed too much money and you know it it really starts to get um pretty sticky there. So the money portion is crucial, um, you know, especially when you're looking at having to manufacture or develop something in the service industry. The money isn't um, as important for the manufacturing aspect of it, but you're going to run into 
the delayed payment part. So you're going to have to really think about what you want your credit policies to be, when you're going to be billing, how you want your account your accounts receivable to uh, to be ran, and maybe try to put somebody in charge of that because you're going to have to wait to receive payment until after you've rendered services. And that's one of the most difficult aspects of being in the service industry. Man, <laughs> I'm exhausted just talking through all of that. So you can only imagine how daunting this is to not only think about, but to actually research and write out thoughtful responses for. And this is why business plans are a stopping point for many potential entrepreneurs. And so, you know, you could spend months writing this plan only to find out that half the information doesn't actually apply or you become discouraged by the task and you never actually move forward. And this is why I'm such a proponent of doing some planning, even looking over the business plan so that you can be thoughtful in your approach, but not to let the writing of it be the step between idea and implementation. As I've already stated, this will be a living document, always susceptible to change. And so, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about my experience of it and hope that in hearing me and seeing the success that I've had, that you you understand that it's not a uh, clear cut, um, black or white, you have to have it, you don't have to have it kind of situation. When I first got the template for the business plan, I was actually really excited. This was my opportunity to really put pen to paper and prove to myself and others that my idea had some viability. At first, it was pretty easy, mostly because I picked out the easy parts to complete. It's kind of like going through a test and answering all the questions you know the answer to. It kind of gives you like this false sense of hope and confidence. Um, and then I, I got to areas that were a bit more challenging, but still researchable. Um, topics like competition, target audience, or strategy. I, I did pretty well with those. Um, and then I, I just got stuck on certain topics, the ones that I've identified here, like the operations plan or the money portion. And, you know, kind of to sum it up, I had, I had thought through all of the fun parts of starting a business and had given very little time or effort to anything that was challenging for me. And so I solicited the help of some friends who were in business school to kind of help me work through portions that I didn't understand or I didn't know uh, where to find the answers to or just to help me kind of think through things. And, you know, mostly they would just pose questions to me that I didn't have answers to and you know, I didn't really know where to go to find them. And so, you know, I knew that 
I was in this staffing industry that my competition was primarily physical therapy clinics or hospitals, but I was trying to disrupt and revolutionize the outreach athletic training model. And so using those as yardsticks just didn't really make sense to me. All of the research I did, it just didn't, it just didn't fit what I was trying to do. And so I was writing this business plan and researching pretty much all of these kind of outdated and ancient models that I know I didn't want to be a part of or have anything to do with. But yet that's all that I could really find research on. I also really didn't like the staffing agency model of it. Um, If any of you are familiar with like temp agencies, um, I just don't really like how they do their recruiting um, and even just the overall business model of the temp agencies didn't fit the idea I had for what I wanted to do with Advantage. Um, And so that wasn't really working in my favor. And at one point, someone had actually recommended that I look at um, modeling agencies and kind of like uh, like talent networks as a potential business model to, to replicate. And to be honest with you, that was the closest I got to a replicable business model um, because the way that they acquire their talent is very organic. um, And they kind of, it's it's very much on the talent or the models to be willing and wanting to work um, as opposed to the staffing agency who is constantly sending work out. I wanted it to be more athletic trainer driven. Uh, And so the I I ended up looking at several different types of modeling agencies and looking at how they do their business. And that was the closest that I got. And actually what I ended up kind of um, modeling mine after with obviously a bunch of 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 tweaks and differences. But um, yeah, so a lot of the answers I was looking for weren't really out there. Of the nearly 40-page template that um, I've referenced here from the sba.gov website, I got about 28 pages of it completed, which honestly, as I go back and read through some of it, I'm actually quite impressed with what I came up with. And um, funny enough, my executive summary, the the portion that I told you to leave for last, um, is still sitting blank in both my 2012 and my 2015 version. So there's that. Since 2012, when I wrote my original plan that was, like I said, like that 28 pages, I revisited about every year and a half. In 2015, we saw um, quite a bit of growth. And so there were a few addendums added. Uh, The marketing plan got changed. Uh, The operations plan was um, kind of developed and and detailed a little bit more. Um, And then, you know, a more thorough kind of accounts receivable and payable portion. But, you know, even um, I've gone back and revisited it as a result of, you know, doing my research for this podcast. And, you know, 
I, I've already seen parts that are outdated or that, um, you know, don't reflect how we're currently doing business. So here we are a year later from when it was revised in 2015, and it, it already could, um, you know, afford to have some updates given. Uh, one of the things that, that I like to do is um, make copies of a previous version to work on the new one with. And this kind of gives me the opportunity to look back on where I started. So I, I still have the 2012 version. I've got the one from about mid-2013 and obviously the 2015 one. Um, and it really, it, it gives me an opportunity to reflect on where we started um, and also to, to give me some confidence that we are growing, we are, you know, changing our policies and further kind of honing what it is that we want to do with this space that we're in. So, you know, it's kind of like a resume. If you just continually update it and you never look back on what the previous ones looked like, you don't really appreciate as much of, as, uh, of where you've come from. So, I definitely would recommend doing that, uh, just kind of a personal opinion, um, just because, you know, like I said, it gives you some appreciation of, of where you're going and, and where you've come from. Just like in athletic training, we must find a way to stand out from the pack. Perhaps that is in specialized certifications, or it's a unique work setting, or it's with a personality or approach to work. Whatever it is that sets you apart, the same goes for your business idea. You've got to find those aspects that are unique and figure out how to make them a special part of what you plan to do. Finding a niche, being good at it, and upholding some moral responsibility along the way is a pretty good recipe for success. I'd love for all of you to just go and look at the template business plan that I've referenced here, if for no other reason than to appreciate the planning that most business owners go through to get their idea off the ground. It's always great to understand what others go through for their profession, the same way that we ask others to respect ours. Thank you for listening. If you learned something on this podcast, please share it with a colleague. We could all benefit from better understanding the business plan document and the purpose of it. On our next podcast, we will be discussing implementation of the business idea which is the final aspect of our four-part series. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat at The Advantage. If you have questions regarding what we have spoken about here, use the hashtag Q&AT or show us how you're building your business idea with hashtag That's Business. Thank you to Mr. Logistics for the music you've heard throughout the podcast.